Hey everybody, welcome back to the Blue Collar Syndicate show, a show for blue collar people by blue collar people. We talk about the truth and nothing but the fucking truth. Albert. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly the truth, yes. From time to time. How's it going? It's going. Just a uh, lovely, cloudy, probably going to rain again Saturday here in Colorado. I hope it doesn't rain. I checked the weather before I left and it wasn't supposed to rain because I left the windows open and I wanted, you know, that nice breeze coming through because it hasn't been super hot lately no not here it was hot as shit down in texas mm-hmm. i almost died would you go to west texas no i was by dallas okay wiley texas that town sounds familiar we have some guys working in west texas and they sent me a snapchat and you know it's they're having five day runs of 100 plus degree weather yeah he was telling me I was there just in time because I guess this week they're supposed to have triple digits and 80 plus percent humidity. Oh, God. And he's they're right by a huge lake right there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And they got a shit ton of water like we do, too. That fucking lake under the bridge was probably two feet from the bottom of the bridge. I was like, that doesn't look normal. Yeah. I saw some videos of hail coming down in Amarillo. Dude, they were like fucking massive. Ouch. And then I don't know if they released part of the dam or a lake in amarillo but there was water coming over the fucking dam flooding shit here in colorado when i was on my way down to texas you know i take was it 285 287 Mm -hmm. whatever fucking highway goes all the way straight down to texas to amarillo down south it goes all the way to dallas yeah (laughs) uh down in southern colorado i think they're gonna start going rice dude some of them fields got just the whole fields like six inches of water yeah, this is the most water Colorado's had in a very, very long time. You're telling me I got fucking moss growing on my fence. That's unheard of in Colorado. It's a new business venture, moss <laughs> fence. Just go scrape it off and sell it. No. Put in the a hobby shake. junkie can use it in her word working. I'm going to go sell it to the hippies. There you go. <laughs> High altitude shake, protein shake. Yeah, it's all like a, it's organic. like a garnish for all, your all, shake. All organic. <laughs> comes with little cedar wood chips and all there you go 12 12 dollars yeah for 10 ounces sounds reasonable i might be too cheap (laughs) no uh so i guess we're gonna start here like we said what was it two episodes ago we're kind of trying to add a little structure to our show here yeah so believe it or not we actually did a little bit of show prep yeah we got well it's not gonna show up in the (laughs) video clips but we got shit we got notepads yeah and notes Oh, so your uncle, Uncle Eric, I saw him at the gas station the other day. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but he was saying, putting putting the show on YouTube. I was like, well, we don't have a camera to get everything. He's like, we'll just put the, the audio. The lo- yeah, the audio with the logo backdrop and then let people listen to it. I'll show you after we record this episode, but the people who host our podcast, did you see they added a, you can direct link to YouTube now? I did not. Yeah, they added a little thing so we can add... I wanted to experiment with it because I don't know like what it does. Okay. Like, does it just come up a blank screen with just audio or does it just, does it put our logo up there? Yeah. Can you just do like a bouncing graphic and just let it run? Okay. Something and like our, that. our friends that did the other podcast, uh, the guy that would run it or did like the backend stuff on Snapchat when they would do it, he would have like, you know, the equalizer yeah, waves yeah, and stuff like that. You put them on Instagram that'd, too. That'd be cool to maybe figure I could, out how to do that. Maybe I could reach out to him and see how he was doing that. Yeah. Cause that was good enough i mean most people who i think from what i see most people who listen to podcasts on youtube they're just letting it play in the background anyway it's not like they're staring at it for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. so i think the visual is not as important 
help, yeah. helpful. So, so our, like, my, our, my question is, if it's just for sound, why, do, why, do, why does it have to be on that platform? Is it just a preferred platform where people can get other shows that's not on like Spotify and stuff? I think that, and I think a lot of people are just different than us. Okay. Like they're, they're, YouTube is their Spotify, their Apple podcast, their everything. So it's a preferred platform to them. Yeah. Okay. Like especially younger generations, guys yeah. a few years younger than us. I think that's just kind of how they consume everything. Okay. Makes so, sense. Yeah. I, I seen that when I uploaded the episode for this, that already aired this week. I was like, Oh, what's this little YouTube logo? Hmm. I was like, hmm, we'll have to look into that. Yeah. I, and I, now that I have all my stuff out of my storage unit in Texas, I have two or three GoPros. Cause I know we tried a couple weekends ago with my camera and you can only record 30 minutes of time. Yeah. So I'll have to see how long I can continuously record with the GoPro. And then if we can use that and just put that straight on YouTube as raw footage, I mean, fuck it. Yeah. My only concern with YouTube is I know we've said a lot of things that get us kicked off pretty quick. It's, I mean, we're not Steven Crowder. Come on. Yeah. We'll have to get one of them Steven Crowder buttons. I've actually been thinking about, have you heard of rumble? The name sounds familiar. I think you were telling me about it. Rumble's like the new YouTube competitor. And okay. They're actually doing fairly, fairly well. The only problem is it's kind of like a right-wing echo chamber at the moment. But they're like Rumble's, they're trying to compete with YouTube. They don't want to just be like where all the conservative news people go. Okay. So they're actually sponsoring like, I think they're doing a big sponsorship this year for like skateboarding. So they can do like skateboard videos because they, they want to compete, you know. Okay. So, I was thinking we should look into that. They got no, their censorship is like how you think it should be. Like, no porn, no murdering, everything else is cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck it. Let's try it. Yeah. I'll have to look I'll, into them. I'll have to look into my GoPros and we can figure it out. Facts. But anyway, on to our structures. So, we got our notes and what we're trying to do is we're trying to like, because we talk a lot about news and like mm -hmm. our perspectives on it and like what we think other people similar minded might think and maybe even contradict people that would normally agree with us. Challenge people's thought process. Definitely. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to like just run through some headlines and do a little more than headlines. Cause I've, I started noticing how bad the headlines are getting. Mm -hmm. Um, like, uh, Fox is getting real bad. What they did Tucker Carlson pretty dirty. Oh, do they did? Yeah. They released him. They parted ways. There's all kinds of drama why that may happen, why that may have happened. I mean, I don't know why you cut your number one talent, but there was a headline where it was like, Tucker Carlson says this aren't how white guys fight. And if that's what the headline says. So it's like implying he's being kind of racist mm -hmm. about a video. And it was a private text message that got leaked. So that, that was the headline. If you read through it, it says, oh, leaked text messages, this, that. And then three paragraphs about who Tucker Carlson is and how Fox let him go. And then the last sentence is actually the whole text. And what he was saying is his mind went there and thinking about like he wanted to see these people get hurt and that wasn't healthy and it wasn't a, what a good person should be thinking. So okay. it's like the last sentence, of the, the last paragraph of the article actually is the whole story, like how we talked about with news before. Yeah. And uh, so the headline was super duper misleading. They give you a fuckload of filler with very little information. Yeah. And then the headline is the most clickbaity wrong thing ever. And I'm like, yeah. man, even Fox News is pulling 
you know, CNN moves out of the book. So hmm. I've been doing a little better about actually reading articles <laughs> instead of just headlines. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still just do a lot of headline skimming. Yeah. It has to be something that really catches your attention. Exactly. But if it does, I don't just go, Oh, the headline said this. If it catches my attention, I click it and yeah. then I look into it a little bit. So on the news front. So what's today? June 17th. Correct. So we're recording June 17th. So when you guys hear this, this section of news will be pretty close to relevant because this episode will be coming out in four days. It'll be coming out on the 21st. So a um, couple things I, that caught my eye was Garth Brooks going woke, which is surprising coming from a country singer who sang many great country songs and a lot of what he sang about. And he's a prime example. So if you guys didn't see the headline is Garth Brooks gives diversity and equity speech. And what he's referring to is he's opening a new bar and they're going to sell all beer brands, including Bud Light. And they were asking how, how do you deal with that? Because, you know, your, uh, your customer base is probably the base of people who is boycotting Bud Light right now. Yeah. So he gave this long speech about how he wants to include everyone and needs to be a safe space for everybody involved, yada, yada, yada. But I think he's missing the, like banality of evil in there. He he's not understanding why people are mad at Bud Light. And I've ha- I have a couple of friends who are still drinking Bud Light. And you know, you get a lot of, "Oh, well all beer brands sponsor stupid shit." All this that and the other. And I'm like there's a difference between doing something you disagree with and doing something immoral. And like I've said on this show before, the the thing with Dylan Mulvaney, it's it's not, "Oh, they sponsored a trans guy." They did this with uh, Caitlyn Jenner. It would have been a non-issue. Yeah. Because Caitlyn Jenner's funny, approachable, and realistic. And it's something that's been known about for a very, very long time. Yeah. It's very public knowledge. You may not not agree with his, her choices, whatever. But the thing with Dylan Mulvaney is 85% of his audience is minors. Okay. So that's what a lot of people like me think is gross is it's the grooming of the kids. Um, and I think that's what Garth Brooks is missing. We're not boycotting cause we, people don't like, we hate trans people. We're boycotting it because it's like, you're, you're going to the, you're going, you're, you're Bud Light is spon- sponsored the guy who's taking shit too far. Yeah. Like I said, if they would have done Bruce Caitlyn Jenner, it would have been like a, well, that's dumb. Or some people probably would have left. I mean, it would have been a non-issue in my opinion, but it it's the equivalent of like, sponsoring somebody who's like i don't know somebody like that is disagreeable but doesn't go too far like mm-hmm. sponsor- it's, it's it's a lot easier to pick someone like fucking tom brady oh i don't like the guy yeah i don't i don't agree with him I, compared to dylan fuck that guy yeah i was trying to think of another good example but he was just the first one that's yeah. popular that came to mind like uh It'd be like sponsoring LeBron. There's a lot of people who disagree with him Fuck for a LeBron. lot. I agree. But I I don't think it's as bad because there is also a lot of good aspects about LeBron that other people find valuable. Okay. The thing is with LeBron, I just find his negative qualities to outweigh his good qualities by far. Okay. But that's why I'm saying he's not crossing... like a a very serious immoral line. It's just political disagreement. 
it's that's the problem with Dylan and Bud Light is they sponsored the guy who's pushing the grooming of the kids and the diminishing of women all at once. So it's like you pick the worst. Yeah. Like pick there's there's that army guy who's trans who did 30 years in the military as a dude and then transitioned. There's, like I said, Caitlyn Jenner. There's, uh, there was a Fox news host who's trans. Like there's so many others they could have done that would have been a non-issue because they're not pushing that fringe grooming child shit. They, they did it and they just live their continuous normal. Yeah. They just life. Like, I'm trans and they explain the adult part of trans and it's not that big a deal. Okay. Like you can disagree with it, but it's not like, super immoral yeah they're they're not they're not doing the the bad things that yeah yeah i gotcha they're disagreeable and not evil (laughs) yeah makes sense and i think that's what garth brooks is missing it's like dude it's it's not like people are saying these people need to die it's and and he basically called people who think who are boycotting but like assholes so it's like dude not cool i think you're not understanding why people are mad you're, you're being too simplistic and say, oh, they're just uh, bigots who don't like trans. It's like, it makes me it's a, wonder. It's a little more complex than that. Yeah. It makes me wonder what John Rich thinks about it. <laughs> you know what he thinks about it. Well, I mean, you, we know, but he, he's, he's one of the he's, country musicians that. He's very more reasonable how he talks to. Yeah. He's, he's a lot more professional. He's very business etiquette. Well, and he's super involved. He's big yeah. into news, big into education. He's got kids. He's big into the financial. I mean, he opened. They opened their own bank. John Rich and uh, he's got a business partner. They opened their own bank. Really? Yeah. And that was because they were tired of like you know PayPal canceling people and credit cards canceling people over their opinions. He's like, your bank is your bank. It shouldn't be involved with your because you type something on Facebook. Your bank doesn't agree with. Okay. So they opened an alternative. So I, I googled John Rich and Bud Light real quick, just so I, since it's a current topic. Rich revealed. Recently, recently revealed to Fox News Digital that he will no longer sell Bud Light at Redneck Riviera. He previously said, the customers aren't going to order it. I'm not going to stock it. Exactly. Which I think is probably the most legit approach. Yeah. Like he's Why keeping would, his personal feelings out of it, but he's valuing his customers. Exactly. Which is, I think, what Garth Brooks should think about doing. Yep. And like I said, I, I think he's portraying a very simplistic ideology and ignoring what people really think you know he's just oh you guys are dumb it's like no listen to what we're saying but what do you got um there i have a couple i was looking at the elon musk tiny home because that came through on tiktok the other day so it caught my interest just because of the tiny home and they were originally going for ten thousand dollars which really caught my attention the house was cool but after looking at it into into it a little bit it's fake. It's not real. Go <laughs> um, Elon Musk, he had an electric house like traveling through, I think, Australia, but it was more to promote clean energy and renewable energy and stuff like that. So he doesn't have homes. People were just taking the Tesla logo and putting it on a house. Oh, I gotcha. To make it look like it. I mean, the, house, the houses that they were using were really cool. And from what I found, the houses are real, but they're not $10,000. Yeah. I was going to say Amazon. I know Amazon sells like a, a tiny home. Yeah. That supposedly can be assembled in like eight hours, but I think it's like 20, 30 grand. Yeah. I think they call them boxables or something like that. Yeah. So it takes, yeah, it takes a little bit to put together and you need a crane just to, you know, transport it from trailer to uh, foundation. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah, 20, 20, 25,000 up to 50,000, if not more. There, there, there are 
they are cool looking but yeah. elon musk does not have one for ten thousand dollars yeah no i've seen there's companies out there building pre-assembled homes that you can ship right to your house and assemble basically like a ginormous lego yeah it would be cool to do i think we'll get there one day i don't know if we'll ever get 10 grand cheap but no i, I think you'll get to the point where you can build maybe like a 1200 square foot house and just have everything delivered on one little trailer load and build it in the backyard with your buddies mm-hmm. that'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how like mortgage companies approach those homes because i with modular homes like mine there's such an issue with them okay so i'm curious what they'll do about those yeah that would be something interesting just to have a chunk of land somewhere like unique or hidden pull in there and airbnb it out yeah like a lake house or something yeah yeah that'd be super interesting yep. yeah well i think we'll get there pretty soon especially because like stick built houses like I had this argument with my mortgage company. They're always concerned with the quality issues on modulars. And I'm like, you do realize they have to build these things to be able to bounce down a road on back of a semi to get there. Yeah. And travel hundreds of miles. Yeah. And I've and be picked up by a crane and set back down. And like, I understand they're not the most high quality thing, but if they actually did some walkthroughs on these new home house developments, they're building, they're building them worse than modular. It's like some of the, they built that big sub development outside of Kingsburg right down the road from us. And some of those people are having huge issues with their homes already. And they're what a year or two old. Yeah. They're yeah, a few years, less than five. Yeah. yeah. And there's people with walls with inch gaps, separating foundations, sinking all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like just cause your house was stick built versus modular built don't think you're getting much of a quality improvement these days unless you're doing like a legit custom home builder, but these build them up and stack them sub developments. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd ever buy a, I don't want to live in a sub development, let alone, but I, the quality, I just fuck. Not. Yeah. I, I don't see how living so close is nice. It's good. I think for people like starter home. Yeah. First time. Yeah. But, or old people that want to complain about everyone else. Yeah. Um, another new subject i've seen i found interesting just because it's been a fight across multiple industries for years now was the uh, right to repair laws so there was a big fight with john deere for a long time for the farming community you know john deere was hiding proprietary information and there's laws that say they have to release this stuff because you can't like they don't want to create this bubble where you go buy a John Deere and then you can only get worked on by John Deere and they're going to gouge you and kill you on prices. And like, I've already seen a lot of farmers talking about there's, it's hard to even justify buying new equipment because it's so expensive. You're better off leasing it, renting it, or just running old stuff just because of the price. Mm-hmm. And then when you start talking repairs and it's a shit show. And I just recent, I seen a headline that said, uh, like, this is also a thing with automakers. Automakers have always had to deal with right to repair. So they're like, uh, they have to release, like they can't lock their shit. So like an independent shop can't hook up a computer and troubleshoot. Yeah. Or someone goes, goes and buys the reader. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they have to provide a way for third party people to be able to do these repairs. Well, Massachusetts just told automakers not to comply with the right to repair laws because they think if you give third party access to repair people, you're going to open the door for hackers to be able to access, you know, cruise control braking systems and all this stuff. I have a very easy solution for that. 
quit making everything electronic and smart. <laughs> well, I, I go back to the, you got to allow the world to decide their own risk. Very, very true. You know, if you want to buy a self-driving car, you should be smart enough to realize one day someone can hack it and, you know, pick, pick the car that's less likely to get hacked or has the best security, whatever, but to, you're allowing them to advance technology to the point where they are going to be able to say, nope, only we can work on shit. And then it's going to be a shit show because people are going to be like, oh, my, my truck's broken. Well, I guess I got to take it to Dodge and only Dodge can work on it. And they're going to charge me out the ass and, or they're going to tell me no, Mm -hmm. like then what? Then you got a hundred thousand dollar truck you just bought. You can't use. Yeah. Pointless. It's just, there's a reason we've always had right to repair laws and now they're coming up with excuses to try to bypass that, which is going to lead to my old saying, you will own nothing and be happy. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's sad. And if if you are concerned about that, then yeah, drive a 1980s fucking old car that's all mechanical and you don't have to worry about it. That's your decision. Yeah, something that doesn't have Wi-Fi connectability for people to connect to. Yeah. I mean, if you if that if that's a big concern to you, then deal with it how you see fit but to tell automakers to lock it down to where we have to pay dealers or manufacturers to be the only ones who can ever work on our stuff it's going to lead to big huge problems Mm -hmm. um and lots of lawsuits i'm sure do you got any more news you want to talk about oh yeah what you got i I have a fun one just because i want to see what have you ever heard of the term gooch grease no You've never heard about it. Well, I mean, I have an idea, but... Okay. So I heard about it on the radio, and I wanted to see what you had to say about it. So men are using maxi pads for what they consider gooch grease. It's basically swamp ass. (laughs) But it collects right there in said Gucci area. And supposedly in Urban Dictionary, it says it's a horrible, horrendous smell. And the way men are fighting this by using women's maxi pads so i just wanted to bring this to your attention in case you ever had a struggle of gooch grease and anyone listening to go get yourself a maxi pad (laughs) uh no i usually that's what showers are for yeah (laughs) and uh i mean i've seen these conversations on job sites before especially when you get young kids who wear fucking shower and axe before they show up to work it's like dude we're at work you're not at the club Mm -hmm. no one really cares that much what you smell like a double pit the chesty move come on <laughs> no i mean yeah that's fucking stupid i i laughed i mean it, <laughs> it's oh, of course i don't know who's doing it but a par- i assume it's going to be a lot younger people than us yeah well, i don't know anyone personally that i would i could envision them fucking throwing a maxi pad down there for some gooch grease I think if you do that, you're disgusting and gross <laughs> and stupid. Just get some dude wipes when you go to the fucking outhouse. That's what I'm saying, dude. Best invention ever. Yeah. I don't go anywhere without dude wipes no more. Dude wipes, hook us up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, that actually started for one, like we switched to fucking, you know, wet wipes in the bathroom long yeah. time ago just because fucking good toilet paper is hard to find and get tired of sanding your asshole but we switched to wet wipes a long time ago and then i always carry them now especially on the road uh and i've actually seen it firsthand i've seen the pictures on the internet uh drug addicts 
will use toilet paper rolls in bathrooms to clean their needles. I've seen pictures of that. Yeah, you have the little blood spots. Yeah. Well, Haley, we went to a come and go, and she had to use the bathroom in, in a pretty nice area, Fort Collins. And she looked, and it had all kinds of needle marks in it. Really? She's seen it firsthand. Oh, shit. Yeah. I think I remember seeing that post. For some reason, I thought it was at Fort Le- in, at the gym. No, it was uh, at a come and go off I-25. Like oh, a nice, wow. Nice clean one. Like People are like, oh, you only think that happens in the ghetto. Like A couple people are almost telling her she's naive. And she's like, well, yeah, I am naive because I don't hang around a bunch of drug addicts. But second of all, it's like, come on. This is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So she This isn't safe at all. Yeah. So she like went and told the, the people and they were, they were upset about it too. They're like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure they had to throw everything, every ounce of it away. Yeah. But ever since I even seen that picture on the internet, I was like, I, I've never used toilet paper out of a bathroom. I'll use my fucking sock. <laughs> like it just won't happen. No I'm going to have to go buy some dudes, some yeah, dude wipes. I carry dude wipes everywhere. Hmm. Never even considered it before. Yeah, I, I do now. Like it's just weird, and we have them in the, in the suburban for the family, and in the diaper bags, and I got them in my work truck and my backpacks, and yeah, I, hmm. ne- I never use public toilet paper anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Are they? I'm guessing that's all good to flush and shit. I flush them. Everyone says not to, but I don't think you. I mean, not every public restroom has a trash can to throw that stuff in. Yeah, I'm, I I don't care. People are probably flushing a lot worse things than wet wipes. Cocaine. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Use needles. Pills. Yeah, pills. I mean, I've seen studies showing that we have like readable levels of opioids in our water because so many pills get flushed. Hmm. And then, you know, that water gets recycled and it doesn't always get out of it all the way. Mm-hmm. That's, Drink more water. You might be a little happier. Maybe. Not from the sink, though. Um, I had one. I'll save this one for the next one, but the two I'll hit real quick. So I I know last time we kind of talked about who's running for president and how neither of us really knew much about RFK, Robert Kennedy, JFK's nephew, and... What's his full name? You said RFK? Yeah, RFK. Robert... Mm, Robert Kennedy. Robert Frank? I think it it might be Frank. Um, He was recently on Joe Rogan, so if you want to know more about him, just go listen to that Joe Rogan episode. And that's actually a cool one because he went hard into his whole quote unquote anti-vax stage because Joe Rogan's kind of the only place that's too big to cancel that you can do that. Um, he mentioned it on a couple of other podcasts. Like he's done podcasts with Theo Vaughn, um, a couple other comedians and they get pulled from YouTube. Interesting. Joe Rogan, everyone knows you, you're not canceling Joe Rogan. So he was on there. So they spent like an hour and a half just on the vax things. And he was, so he used to be an attorney um, and they would sue like, uh, polluters, like, uh, uh, the Hudson river. There was, you know, back in the day, these people like the GM plant, it, the water would change color based on whatever GM was painting their trucks that week. <laughs> like, so he dealt a lot with environmental law and then he got kind of sucked into, uh, medical law. And when you actually, a lot of people just say, Oh, he's an anti-vax. And when you actually listen to his long form, discussion on it you realize he's pretty fucking reasonable okay um he's just one of those guys who's like you know they've cut corners they've given them free free reign with all these you know you can't sue them after the fact for negative effects and 
Uh, he's real knowledgeable, talks about how they used to put lead in vaccines. We put aluminum in vaccines. And, like, he actually knows the science of how a vaccine works. And part of why they put these metals in there was, like, to preserve as a preservative. And, like, a vaccine is a dead form of a virus. So they have to give your body something toxic to, like, activate your antibodies. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't know where these toxic part of the vaccine was going. They did all these. There's one big study, I guess, they cite for all this. And they were saying, like, they gave these kids this and then after like a month or two, they couldn't find any traces of the toxic. So they thought it all went away. So like, Oh, it's safe. Your body passes it through. Well, years later they found out what's happening is it's actually passing through your blood brain barrier and it's getting into your brain and that's where they're finding it. So he's like, there's just a lot of dark science. No one wants to talk about it. He also wrote a book called, uh, the real Anthony Fauci. Oh, talks about how dirty and corrupt that asshole is. He's a, fucking shitty person okay have you listened to that book or no i'm going to now that i've actually listened to his podcast Mm -hmm. i was like oh now that i see that this guy's not just a ranting lunatic yeah and i'm just like you're kind of going to get the full picture of how fauci is with covid and now bring full circle to him well and the big thing with anthony fauci was also the heads of the aids epidemic back in the 80s and he oh he was yeah okay they did some super shitty shit okay and he talks about how the money and this and that. It's just, I guess it's super detailed. So I'm like, ooh, I have to listen to it. He even tells you, you might not want to listen to it in one sitting because it's like, it'll piss you off. It's not good. <laughs> you need to listen to it in segments. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe Rogan even talked about when he listened to the book, he's like, yeah, I had to take breaks and just listen to like nonfiction. Or really? What's the name of the book again? It's called The Real Anthony Fauci. The Real Anthony Fauci. Yeah. He goes, if, if you want to get mad at the medical industry and how corrupt they are. There you go. I already have my opinions of the medical field, but that's my opinion. Well, you'll get a lot of fact-based probably to back up your opinions. Okay. Um, But the other thing I was like listening and then towards the end, they kind of talk about his presidential run, why he's running. Like uh, his dad also ran for president and was assassinated. Um, So he talks about his dad and all that stuff and like you'll walk away from it even as a right-leaning person like me and go, fuck, I might be a Democrat. Because <laughs> his version of a Democrat is very reasonable. Well, you were saying... He's pre- anti-war. He wants to shut down the FBI, the CIA. He, you know, he talks about, uh, we have all this money we're sending over to, uh, not Iran. Where are we fighting right now? What's Ukraine. What's the new war? Ukraine, yeah. What's the new one? <laughs> what, what's the trending war today, what's, everybody? What's the year of this? What's the war of this century? Um, but he talks about how he knows people that have had their, like, uh, he knows a retired fisherman who's on SAP who was getting $280 a month and it just got cut to $90 a month. Nice. And he was like, we're like, we need to, re-. he wants his whole like platform is to rebuild the middle class. He's like, get out of these wars. We need to focus at home. It's like all shit I agree with. And I'm like, either you're not a Democrat or I might be a Democrat. <laughs> I don't know how to approach this. <laughs> well, but we all know over the time, all these definitions have changed. Yeah. Cause I was going to say years ago, you know, the roles were reversed where people, you know, Republicans were Democrats type yeah, thing. Republicans, you know, Dick Cheney Bush wanted the war and oil and all that. And then now it's the other way around. All the Republicans are trying to get out of the wars and the Democrats are like, no, we got to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's a real good, sounds like a real good dude. Okay. So. That would be interesting. I wonder how many people would 
like I, it makes me curious how many people that only vote red just to keep Democrats out would vote for him if they sided with his morals. I think this won't happen because of how our shitty political system works. But if it came down to a presidential presidential election between him and Trump, it would actually be a close one. It would be you would have to sit down and have conversations with your friends and family because it would be very reasonable to vote for either. Yeah. Especially if you're right leaning. Okay. You know, because he's got a lot of I think a lot of opinions that most right leaning people agree with. So it's it would be an interesting one. It would be the first election in my lifetime where you would actually have to think about it. Like you would actually be thinking about who you want, mm-hmm. not who you don't want. Yeah. Because now... You have two great choices. Which one do I really want? Yeah, because nowadays, most people, we all know we vote for the person... We vote based on who we want to lose. It's mm-hmm. how the majority of people vote these days. Um, I think if that was the case, a lot of people would be like, hmm, I might actually have to choose between who I actually like the most. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy thought. <laughs> okay. So. That would be interesting to have that in our future. It would definitely be a great... And especially, I would say if you took Trump out and you put that Vivek Ramaswamy guy versus RFK, that would be a presidential election for the ages. Okay. Like you put both both of those guys on a debate stage, you could probably watch that for hours because they're both super smart dudes. And they probably actually agree on a lot of things, so it'd be interesting to see. Hmm. Yeah, he's a, he sounds like a good dude. First Democrat I felt like I could say that about. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you heard it here. Yeah. But, and then the only other thing I wanted to talk about was the good, like good job on everybody boycotting Bud Light. So they are down as of yesterday or no, currently their market cap is 115 billion for Anheuser-Busch. And they, at the beginning of April, when this all started, they were at a high of 132. So in the last two months, they've lost 17 and a half billion in market cap. Way to so, put it to them. Way to vote with your dollars. And if you see this, a lot of people are following. They don't want the Bud Light effect. So a lot of these companies, um, Major League Baseball, changed their logo to the Pride Fag for a day. There was such a backlash, they changed it back the next day. Okay. Um, we all know Target's going through the same thing. Even Starbucks, there's some drama there because they're saying the – workers union at Starbucks is mad that they're not throwing up pride stuff and that they were told not to by Starbucks and Starbucks is like in this gray area because they don't want to piss off either side. So they're like, Oh no, we never said not to. Mm-hmm. So two days ago, the, the, again, this is headline reading from New York times, Starbucks is under scrutiny over removal of pride decorations. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not saying they need to cancel pride, but one guy I heard said it best. It's like, it shouldn't be a month. It should be a day like everyone else gets. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have your day, celebrate your fucking choices, your decisions, your respect, and then move on with your life. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be an ideology we're trying to capture companies with. No. And like I said on the one episode, you know, just want your beer to be a beer and your grocery store to be a grocery store. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So that's our new segment. We still need to work on shortening it up a little. A little Not bit. Not bad, though. Um, before we get into it, I wanted to share something with you. Go ahead. So I started the carnivore diet almost a week ago on Tuesday, what, fucking whatever day that was. Did you get the shits? A little bit. So I watched a 22-minute video on YouTube. This doctor 
he's been studying it for like the past year and a half, two years, and he did it for he's been doing it for over a year. And he's a family he's he practices family doctor for like over twenty years or whatever. Um, and he was it was cool to get some insight from him because he said the reason for you, why people get the shits the first week or two is it's because of your small your your gallbladder. It's trying to rebuild the small t- muscle tissue inside of it because you're it's not used to having that constant protein, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. And how your body loses five to twenty five pounds within the first week or two. That's from your body detoxing itself with unneeded liquids and chemicals that your body holds from ev- all the other crap you eat. Yeah. So it's been cool learning about that. I watched the clip where Jordan Peterson told Joe Rogan about his daughter and him him, him doing yeah. it. That was really cool. So it's been fun. There's another guy on Joe Rogan that you should listen to about the carnivore diet. His name's uh, Paul Saladino. He's kind of the guy that made it big. Okay. Saladino. He might have wrote a book. Or you can just look up his YouTube videos, just him himself. But okay. he's big on it. He's He's super knowledgeable about it. Yeah, I know Joe Rogan does it too, but the only thing Joe Rogan changes is he also eats fruit because mm-hmm. he he said he found his workouts were super intense, but they crash pretty fast. And then he added a little bit of fiber and sugar from fruits, and that kind of was the best place to be. Okay, I do know. Like day three into it, I was having the so on on day two, I was having a really bad day with my allergies because I was out mowing and just with all the rain and everything, there was yeah. a lot of pollen. So. I was having a really hard day. Yeah. Which bled into the next day. And I forced myself to go to the gym with allergies kicking my ass and not having enough food because I realized you need to have plenty of food with you. You don't yeah. want to get yourself hungry. Yeah. So you eat till you're comfortably full and just wait it out, basically. Mm-hmm. So if your body's used to eating two or three times or one time a day, just make sure it's enough to keep going. And if you start feeling hungry, eat more. Yeah. So. I went to the gym and I forced myself. It was hard that day. But the past two days I've been to the gym, like they were great. I had a great um, fucking chest day. And I just, it, I feel a lot better. But I brought what is considered on the light menu, quote unquote light, because it's allowing, it allows other types of food. I have cheesecake here. That's keto carnivore friendly. And I wanted to try it. So I brought it for you to try, and I wanted to try part of it. So just rip it in half. Just take it and take a bite. It's not bad. I like it. It's pretty good. So one thing that I was confused by it was they use a sweetener for it, and it's called monk fruit or monk fruit sweetener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of that. And... I was skeptical on using it just because it gives that, that sweeter taste. So I might try it again without it. But, I mean, I think there's like less than one one gram of carbs throughout the whole thing in that sweetener. Yeah. But you used a lot of sweetener. When I when I, I was reading the directions, I it wanted three quarters of a cup of sweetener. I started pouring it. Holy fuck. <laughs> I mean, it, it tastes great. Yeah, to help good. For someone that's going through a carnivore diet... Because I love sugar. I love sweets yeah. and stuff like that. So it's a good thing to kind of incorporate in to help those cravings. Yeah. yeah. So, I it's mean. It's pretty good. I like it. Anyone that's listening, carnivore I'm, I'm cheesecake. I'm not even big on cheesecake and it's pretty good. Right? Yeah. I felt the same way. So I'm going to try carnivore ice cream. Hmm. That's it. I'm gonna, I was reading more about that. I'm going to try that. 
and then like I was telling you, you can make actual bread out of meat if you have a like food processor because you have to puree the meat and yeah, stuff like that. So make it real thin. So I'm gonna try that and see how that works. One uh one thing I've I've noticed that I do all the time, dude. Like if something says it takes half a cup of sugar, I'll put like half as much and it tastes just as good. Really? I do that with so many things I'm making. Okay. When I do make them. Like like Kool-Aid. You put like a quarter of what the packet tells you to put in there, it's fine. Okay. You won't you barely notice a difference if if you do it all. Like I found that with uh like pancake mix, just all kinds of weird little things I've when I do cook that I've actually cooked where I'm like I'm just going to put half of what it says or a quarter of what it says and it's fine. And I'm like, so why do we have to put all the other yeah, extra? I, who knows? <laughs> it could just be the food pyramid people saying we need you to have all this more bad shit in your system. Yeah. But like that ice cream, it says to put the sweetener in first, but while you're cooking it, you can taste it because you have to like boil it and like simmer it to uh, thicken it up. Mm-hmm. So they said, taste it and then add more if you need. It. I was like, well, I'll just make it without it without the sweetener if it tastes yeah. good that way i can slowly incorporate the sweetener into it and i'm not overdoing it i noticed when i was doing pretty good about limiting my sugar as much as i possibly could i noticed when you did have sugar it did it took way less like things tasted way sweeter than they needed to okay so i always tell people like if you cut sugar out for a few weeks and can get through it like uh I had a i had a buddy who who finally listened to me and noticed it too like just drinking a can of pop like he cut sugar out so long he drank a can of pop because it was so sweet it made my stomach hurt mm-hmm. and this was a guy who drank two or three a day all the time and i'm like yeah like when you cut it out you start realizing you don't need as much as all this shit has yeah you know simple things like uh it changed how i like uh like get a donut you know and then the next no, thing those you know, are super sweet as well yeah but it's like I got to the point where I'm like looking for the donut with the least amount of frosting on it. Oh, okay. Like you just like, you got that so much sugar. Like you, you, you get to the point, but it, it's like a, it's a tapering process. People always like try to go one or two days and then I didn't notice shit. Well, yeah. You, if you, it, like I tell people like, like my buddy, you've been eating like shit for 30 years. You're yeah. not going to notice big changes in three days. Yeah. You have to allow your body to, you know, detox itself yeah. and get all that crap out of your system. And then, get used to having it out of your system yeah it's the same thing when i go super good on how i eat like eating good stuff and then you eat fast food and if you eat fast food normal you don't notice it but like i went such a long time with even the slightest bit of fast food like i was doing really good about it's it's a lot easier in the summer because the weather cooperates a lot more but when i was on the road you know i was cooler full of groceries i was cooking everything i didn't i didn't buy if i did buy fast food occasionally maybe once a week it'd be like subway mm-hmm. but as soon as i took someone on the road with me and then we were just getting hotels we didn't have enough groceries so we we're just buying you know arby's chipotle just shit like even chipotle is kind of higher quality but still it was like i noticed after six months of being super clean about my diet after like three days of eating pizza and hamburgers and french fries i was like i felt so shitty yeah like borderline like the flu Oh really? Without the congestion, but like just you just felt so crappy. Yeah. And then as soon as he said something, I was like, "What do you want for dinner?" He's like, "Oh, just order pizza." I was like, "No." (laughs) So I drove to Safeway, bought hamburgers, like real beef, bought fancy little 
bun things, like a two pack of them, real cheese, and just made like double decker fucking hamburgers. Mm-hmm. And I felt so good. Just even though hamburgers probably a cheeseburger is not the healthiest thing to eat, but just eating a real one. Yeah. My body was like, compared Fuck to that yes. process, or yeah. I mean, that, you know, highly messed with food yeah. product for the restaurant. Yeah. So that's cool, though. Yeah. I mean, so far, I like it. So we're going to see how well it goes. I We were talking last night about it. You know, if the, how well the results are that, you know, I might stick with it for a much longer time. You know, I might have a little bit more sugar here and there, you know, bring back this thing, but I want to see what the full diet does for like the 30, the 30 day go. Yeah. And like I was telling you, the, the thing I noticed when I did it for a month, like, cause I did it super strict for little over a month straight a year or two ago. Um, that's when I started noticing the big differences between just meat. Mm-hmm. Like when you're only eating meat, you, like I started noticing like, this is cheap hamburger. This is expensive, good hamburger. This is cheap sausage. This is good sausage. These are shitty eggs. These are good eggs. Okay. That's why I was telling you, if, if you get that far and you actually want to start ordering high quality stuff, there's a pretty good place like 40 minutes east of us that delivers. Perfect. Hell yeah. Sometimes it just hurts the wallet, but yeah, it's super high those, those are weekend meals. Yeah. It's all grass fed, grass finished, local beef and pork. So, okay. Perfect. And they deliver it fed or UPS on dry ice usually the next day. So, Oh, so they get it to you quick. Yeah. Okay. Especially, I mean, they're just in outside of Strasburg. Oh, that's not far at all. Yeah. No. Okay. Every time I order, it's here usually the next day. If Perfect. I order like in the morning, if you order at night, it's like they process it the day and then the day after that it gets here in the morning. Okay. And then you get a cool big ass block of dry ice you can play with. <laughs> <laughs> Make water bottle bombs with uh-huh. your kids. Yeah fucking my kids brains exploded they're like what <laughs> just pouring water on it or showing how it just turns in the air there's no water when it melts mm-hmm. <laughs> mind blown <laughs> but let's move on to the subject you're talking about yep so donovan on tiktok suggested this one on one of our um last episode episode 33 clips and he wanted us to kind of touch base on like silent quitting slash quiet quitting so, um, let me pull up what that means in a second because I got rid of my nice little fucking search tab for it. I can take that term kind of two ways. Yeah. So, real quick, quiet quitting doesn't actually refer to quitting a job. It means completing one's minimum work requirements without getting above, I'm sorry, without going above and beyond or bringing work home after hours. So basically doing the bare minimum is what silent quitting, quiet quitting is. Gotcha. So what what do you, what do you feel about quiet quitting? I mean, that's such a loaded question. Quiet quitting would be like, I feel two ways about it. I feel like it's a good and bad thing. I feel like it's a bad thing because it's like uh, indecisive. Like if you want to quit, just quit. Mm-hmm. Like to do that seems it seems like a borderline a cop out. Like you're scared to pull the trigger, or um, they want to be fired to collect unemployment yeah, or something, or a super shady aspect <clears throat> like that. Yeah. Um. But I also think that could be a positive thing to maybe if you're like 
if your employer notices it, maybe it's a positive thing because it might give them time to address an issue. And maybe if you're quiet quitting, they can figure out why. Mm-hmm. You know, is it something that's all on the employee who's at the point where he's putting the bare minimum to keep his job and there's nothing to do, nothing to change? Or is it like if an employer noticed that and says, hey, John, I've noticed, you know, been falling behind a little bit. Well, it doesn't sound like, like, uh, like, hey, you're uh, used to always stay 20 minutes late and clean your truck. And now I've noticed you're usually the first one going home. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on? And maybe you say, well, you know. I've been doing A, B, C, and I'm getting paid to do only A. And they go, okay, you know, well, let's sit down and talk about that and see what we can do and set some expectations and get everybody happy again. So I guess it could be a good thing, you know, if you're doing it for an employer, if they can catch it and maybe solve the problem. Okay, so if you're saying it's a good thing, it needs to be, the only way it can be good is if the person that is quiet quitting is open to talk about it. Yeah. But at the same time, the employer has to be able to come at it at a positive manner. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Cause then right below this, there's a, it says what triggers quiet quitting, which is close to what you're saying. Pay discrepancies are one of the leading causes of quiet quitting. The issue isn't that employees don't want to do the extra work, but they don't feel appropriately compensated for their efforts more than money. The root of the problem is lack of respect. As of April 5th, 2023, that is what that says. I could definitely see that. Yeah, that's an odd one. Um, they treat Albert great, but yet John and John does the exact same thing. So why would I do what Albert does when I don't get the same amount of respect? Yeah. But it, it's a slippery slope too, because I may there like, I've seen people who are quote unquote, quite quitting too soon. You know, just checking out and saying, fuck this place. Yeah. And then like, oh, I hate this place because they don't pay me. And you're like, well, that's because you're the fucking first guy going home every day. You never stay late. You never go the extra mile. You never help. You know, you're that equipment operator who, you know, I don't clean tracks because I'm not a laborer. Mm -hmm. Like I'll sit here in my pickup and smoke a cigarette and watch my fucking swamper go clean up the muddy ass mess I made. Like, and then that guy wonders why. The other guy who's out there with a shovel helping his labor hand clean tracks and fill up his equipment every night and why that guy gets paid two bucks more. Yeah, that, that part sounds more of like an attitude problem. Yeah, that's kind of a weird subject. Because the other thing I could see quiet quitting as is uh, like doing it without know, knowing you're doing it. Yeah. Like you're you're giving up, like like you're giving up. Mm-hmm. and then wondering why shit isn't working right. And maybe being quiet about it is why you're failing. Because maybe if, you know, you went to your boss and just said, hey, I want to raise, like you could avoid that whole situation. But instead you put yourself in a position where it's like you don't even realize you're doing the bare minimum. Like you think you're doing your job, but you you don't even realize you're that guy that's quiet quitting. Yeah, you're the good dude that's just scraping the bottom of the barrel to get yeah. by. It's, it's an odd subject. I guess it's odd because I've never been that guy, ever. Yeah. Even when I was super mad at a company. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been fucking over-dedicated workaholic. Okay, so then since you've never been that guy and just kind of learning about it right now. I've tried to, I've tried to be that guy. And it just drives you nuts because you're doing too, you're not doing enough. Yeah, like I just... 
I can't bring myself to do it sometimes. Like when I was at the drilling company, before they gave me a raise, I was really trying to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But I was still like, like I would try to do a shitty job. Like if you were, like I'd be installing, you know, a splice box, digging. So I'd like make a mess and then just leave it. Mm-hmm. And then I'd Not be, clean up. I'd usually end up walking back with a broom and clean it up and sweep the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> like I just couldn't do it. That, that's not, yeah, you have more of a, pride not i don't know if it's pride but you you well, just want the job done I correctly think, i think i liked being better than everyone else <laughs> I, think I, I don't I, know i was fueled by that by little like by being able to talk shit to everyone else about how my work was better i don't think you can use that word as past tense because <laughs> <laughs> you still kind of do that <laughs> yeah i do do that i put fucking four chain four binders on a two thousand pound walk behind skidster and i'm like it only needs two but i'm gonna do four it's not coming off this fucking trailer <laughs> no I mean, for the way I look at it, I mean, I, I understand because there are not every workplace is going to be ideal. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to just get that job because you need a job and it's going to fall into that category where you're faced with those issues. But I don't see quiet quitting as an end all result. I could see it being the problem with it though, is I could see it being like a yo-yo effect. Let's say you're quiet quitting, right? For three months while you're slowly just looking for a new place to work. Mm -hmm. I think when you stoop, when you, when you drop down to doing the bare minimum, it's like losing weight. If you lose a bunch of weight and then gain weight back, it's harder to lose that weight the second time. Cause now you're like, you feel like a failure. So I feel like if you're quiet, if you quiet quit at a place for three or four months while you're trying to find a new place to work. When you go to the new place, it's going to be even harder to be that guy that's doing good work and going the extra mile because you're, you're already adjusted to this is just, this is my job. This is mm-hmm. what I do. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. So I think if you get in that mindset, it's going to be even harder to be like gunning for a promotion at the next place. No, that makes sense. You get used to that routine of doing less. Yeah. Trying to work and then, like if you, yeah, you're used to seven to five and all of a sudden you're like, you need to go back to working a seven to seven. Like, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Cause you've, you've conditioned yourself to like, no. Okay. You said seven to five. So I'm leaving at fucking five. Four forty five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you handle that? Would you just fire the person or would you, obviously you're more of a confrontational person. You want things resolved yeah. as you. So I think if, if I seen someone doing that and I noticed it, I would tell them like, what the fuck's your problem? Mm -hmm. And they say, well, you know, like you said, I'm doing everything he's doing, but no one's noticing. And if I agree, like, yeah, no, that is fucked up. You know, there might be a reason you're not getting noticed too. Like you said, you could be a hard fucking worker, but if you're that fucking asshole on the job site that just brings everyone down, they're going to look past you to the guy who's fun to work around. Yeah. Who who still gets the job done, but not to the extent that overachieves it but has a great attitude well even less i mean if you were an employer like if you were had a big t-shirt factory right and you had one guy who makes you know 50 t-shirts a day and then but he's like always shit talking he's just fucking negative nancy he brings bad vibes comes to work hungover but then you have another guy but he only makes 40 t-shirts a day but you can fucking hang around that guy all day, have conversations, talk about life. He's always encouraging. 
Like which guy as an employer would you keep around? 40, 40 shirt guy. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm saying unless there's a situation where you can point out like, hey man, the reason you're not getting noticed is because of this, that, and the other. But if you if if you do agree, like, yeah, man, that is fucked up. You are a good guy. You are doing great work, blah, blah, blah. My advice would be don't silent quint, go confront. Mm-hmm. Like go ask for a raise. Or go ask why the hell you're not getting paid enough. Like go do it. And then if you don't get the answer you like, then do it with intent. If you're going to quit, then quit. Yeah. I mean, but don't, like, don't just mope around to get the attention. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever stuck around anywhere once I decided I wasn't gonna mm-hmm. like even my, when I worked at the drill company, I gave him a two day notice. <laughs> I'm quitting today. Yeah. I was like, I'm quitting. He's like, okay, you give me two weeks. I was like, no, I gotta go take a drug test on Thursday. And it was like <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> But I told him too, I was like, to be fair though, I've always given a two week notice except for that job. There's two times I haven't given two week notice. The guy I no longer get along with, um, I'm not sad about that at all. And I'm not really the one who quit. He kind of just told me not to come back. But then that drilling job, when I gave him two day notice, I was like, man, it's an oil field. They're kicking off a new job on Thursday. So it's kind of when you need to be there. Mm-hmm. But he was super understanding. He's like, yeah, no, I hear you still offered me a job not too long ago. Like he's not mad at me. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so as the employer, I think he appreciated more that cause we had a lot of guys that just stuck around waiting for a call from somewhere else and just drug up with no answer. Well, or no, when, when they're in that, that purgatory, they're just doing shitty work. They're fucking equipment up. They're doing, they're not hitting production numbers. So I think they would rather have a guy that's, up until the final day, still doing a good job and then just leaves. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he liked because we had a lot of that. We had a lot of guys that literally came there because it was so easy to get a job there because we were so busy and always needed people. You really just had to show up. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of guys. There was guys that left one company, came to that company and already knew they were going to go work for another company, but just needed something to do for five weeks. So they'd just come there and fuck off for five weeks and, just do that that way they had money yeah. money coming in. Yeah, they'd do the bare minimum or they would do the job but be super reckless and shitty about it. And so I think he was scared the fuck out of me. God damn it. Yeah. Let me go shut that off. Hey. Sorry about that. Fucking air compressor decided to turn on right quick. I was not <laughs> expecting something like that. Yeah, not gonna lie, that made me jump. Yeah. I don't jump often. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, what was I saying? I think he just appreciated that. It, like you not, still gave it all. Yeah. You got everything you deserved out of me. Perfect. What's your thought? I think I'm agreeing with you on this one. Um, giving your bare minimum just because it's, I mean, you need to be honest, you know, you can't just, hold shit in if there's an issue at work let them know but as as the employer you you should also help recognize why that might be happening you know if there's a reason such you said uh, or you know not be condescending saying get over it yeah you know there needs to be professionalism on both ends of it and if there's a way to resolve it resolve it if not then go quit or get fired right then and there because we're not we're not going to have someone that's going to, you know, quiet quit on the job site and put everyone else at risk. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a weird subject. 
It'd be we just need somebody who's maybe been in that position for a long time. Someone that has quiet quit. Yeah, I mean, I I know people who've done that. Okay. Like I like I said, plenty of those people that came for five week windows at that company, or I know another guy I'm friends with that like at the oil field company we worked at. He was he was on that mode for probably six months, just looking for another job. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious, like, what was your what was your pro- thought process behind that? How many dummies am I really working with here? Everyone's yeah. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, probably was knowing him. He is one of those guys who I'm better than everyone. <laughs> but yeah, that's a it's an odd subject. That that kind of touches up on it. There's really not much more to get into for silent quitting. Just talk about it. Don't be scared. Yeah, I would say just everything you do should be done with intent. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you're gonna quit, do it with intent and just quit. You know, put in your two weeks, or if it's that bad, say, uh, take a shot on the front door. <laughs> say, I'm done. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but get, get in the truck and head home for the day and tell them you're not coming back. Yeah. I mean, like, I've done, I've done that on like a day. Like, I was in a position one time where our, the foreman of the job, last minute something happened, and he couldn't come to work and found out he was going to be gone for like two days. Well, they put this person in charge that I definitely think should not have been in charge. And then it's like, I was in the blade and I'm just grading right away. And he's fucking blowing up my phone, asking me to do all this shit. And I'm like, that's, I, I told him, like I silent quit on him for a minute. Cause I was like, that's not my job. Mm-hmm. I run the blade. You need someone to go fucking do this, go do that. I mean, him did not get along. We had lots of confrontations and arguments, on previous job sites. So it was like, I knew it was going to be a shit show as soon as they were like, Oh, so-and-so is going to run the job for the next day or two. So I think I made it till about 10 in the morning. And then I went and parked the blade, filled it up and went home and it was left. I just left. Well, I told, I told the inspector on the job site I was leaving. Cause you know, on an oil field, you got to have a head count. You can't just, yeah, something bad goes happen. They don't need to be like, Oh fuck, where the fuck's Albert? Yeah. So I didn't talk to that kid. They left in charge. I went and told the inspector who's over the whole job site for the oil company. I said, Hey, I'm leaving. He's like, okay, what's going on? I was like, nothing, just leaving. He's like, all right, I'll mark you down. Cause you know, you have your JSA. Yeah. Checking it. in and out yeah, on the job so he's site. like, all right, I'll, I'll make sure it's marked down that you're not here. I was like, all right, cool. And then it was like probably two in the afternoon. And that guy's been just texting me and calling me and I'm not answering. And then finally the, the like regional manager calls He's like, hey, where are you? He's like, I'm at home. He's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, working on my truck, drinking a couple beers. He's like, aren't you supposed to be at fucking work? And I was like, not if if I'm working for him, no. (laughs) And he's like, what do you mean? And then I told him, I was like, dude, you know me and that guy have had some serious problems. And you know that I'm on the right side of those problems when they did arise. Like, the problems we had was this guy cutting corners and doing shit he shouldn't have been and I refused to do it and then it turns into like this he's arguing I should do what he says because he's in charge and I'm arguing I'm not going to do what you say because you're not doing it right mm-hmm. like I'm not going to cut these corners or do this different thing that you want me to do and yada 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 but yeah I guess that was one one day I silent quit 
but I told him I was like, "No, you, you didn't sign a quit. You straight checked out." Oh yeah, <laughs> you you drug up for a day. Yeah, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't tell any of my coworkers. I just told the inspector, and then when the manager called, he was just like, "What do you mean you're drinking beer and working on your truck?" That's awesome. And I, he's like, "It's fucking like Thursday or Wednesday or whatever it was." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You gonna be at work tomorrow?" I was like, "Not on that job site." You got another job site you want me to go to? <laughs> he's like, "What the fuck is the problem?" And I told him. But then again, it was with intent. I didn't like ignore his call. Like I could have just ignored his call and just kept drinking beer and working on my shit. Yeah. It was just that one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I will not work for him. And if that's a problem, I understand. I'll go find a new job. So he's like, no, be to work tomorrow, but go over to so-and-so's job site and help them out for a day. Oh, okay. And then the supervisor I worked for, I was kind of, they call it like straw boss. Yeah. I was basically his, his little straw boss doing all his little fucking checklist shit. And running all the little mini tasks on the job site. He's like, he's funny. He's like, your dad will be back on Friday. So you can go back to that job site on Friday. Just clapping your hands. Yay. I was like, yes. <laughs> and then he heard about it and he fucking texts me like five o'clock in the morning Friday. He goes, daddy's home. Are you going to be here today? That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, yeah, asshole. I'll be there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, again, though, I, I didn't do it intentionless. Like, I made sure they knew I left the job site. So there's that mm-hmm. the safety aspect. And then, like I said, when the manager called, I answered and I told them exactly the problem. I didn't, I could have ignored his call and just let my phone ring until someone had quit calling, you know, <laughs> but I did it with intent. I told him exactly like, nope, not working for that dude. Perfect. Not going to happen. So I think, I guess what I'm getting at is sometimes I feel like my best decisions are still impulse decisions because I feel like, I'm an overthinker and I think a lot of people are overthinkers. And if you overthink, you might end up making the wrong decision. Yeah. Like I overthought being an owner operator for a truck for many years. And then when I impulsive did it, that was probably the best thing I've done. But I've had this idea since I was 21 years old. Yeah. That's not really very impulsive when you've had the idea for so long. Yeah. When you have the idea for, seven years before you actually try to do it and mm-hmm. then you then you also i'm not i waited so long i'm not even doing it like i run a hot shot like that was never the intention but how i, I lost so many opportunities through those years because i just kept overthinking it mm-hmm. you finally just did it to get yeah. in yeah and now it's harder than it needs to be yeah <laughs> like if i would have just done it when i thought about it it would have been a good decision so i think being impulsive and confrontational is not always a bad thing okay and confrontational like me and my wife have this debate sometimes confrontational doesn't mean like, Hey, fuck you motherfucker. Yeah. It just means get to the point. You know, we had this conversation about like, uh, when people babysit or something, I was like, you need to be confrontational. And she's like, well, I'm not fucking rude. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't mean it. Like you need to go be rude. I'm just saying you need to go like be firm and to the point. Yeah. You need to go have like the one-on-one conversation and make sure everybody's on the same page. Like, and maybe confrontational is not the right word. Yeah. Maybe direct. I should use the word direct more often, I guess. That's a good one. Because I'm not confrontational. Fuck, I haven't been in a fist fight since I was like 15 years old. <laughs> God knows I've had a few chances, but I've always usually been pretty smart about walking away. So, I don't know. I guess that's all I got on it. Sounds like a good way to wrap it up. Yeah. Don't be a silent quitter. <laughs> yeah. Just go talk about it. Get, I, it. get it over with. I think it's bad for everybody involved. Yeah. And like I said, even if you don't think it's bad for the company or you don't care about the company, just think about, like I was saying earlier, the effect it might have on you. Mm-hmm. You spend six months being a silent quitter and you go to a new job. 
It's like working out. That's a great example. How hard is it to start working out when you take a three-week break? Dude, horrible. Yeah, but if you, how hard is it just to work out every day once you get used to it? Fairly easy. Exactly. So yeah. I guess that would be the same problem I think would happen with silent quitting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good good comparison. Yeah. But yeah, we'll wrap this one up and we are going to record another one. So. Yep. So for those of you that want to hear the exact same thing every episode, we have social medias. <laughs> we have Instagram, the underscore blue collar underscore syndicate, Facebook, the blue collar syndicate podcast, TikTok, blue collar syndicate pod. And from the sounds of it at the beginning of the episode, there might be a YouTube coming up in the near future. So who knows? Um, and or rumble and or rumble. It sounds like rumble might be a good place to check out. Um, uh, for, for us people, uh, like trying to do things online. Uh, some guy was saying like, you might not like rumble, but he puts everything on rumble anyway. Cause he's like, it's always great to have an online backup. Mm-hmm. YouTube might delete your whole channel and there goes everything. Yeah. All your content is yeah. gone. Okay. Well, that's not bad. So, so, uh, we, we appreciate every interaction. Like I said, Donovan in his comment, he, he, he's given us ideas before and I forgot to use his name cause I forgot it at the time. So Donovan, thank you. Um, keep him coming. Yeah. More, more ideas. Like we, the gentleman, Mike in South Dakota. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we appreciate all of it. So the more interaction we get comments, likes, subscribes, everything we appreciate it even my brother who brought up the second hottest subject apparently next to pissing off for farmers on the oil field together my brother's the one who brought up the unemployed or the, the minimum wage oh really yeah that one doing good yeah well apparently you said that clip got a shitload of views and people were quite upset oh yeah yeah <laughs> because i don't know how to make clips that are attention grabbing but yeah it did just that <laughs> but and other than that i think we're straight we're straight and we're gonna wrap it up all right episode 30 something full five <laughs> i think it's i think it's 35 who knows you're you're listening to it let us know <laughs> <laughs> see ya later <laughs>